calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to fuck with Now it's time to crack that throttle and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to this edition of Motorcycle Madhouse, episode 34. I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and today we got an action-packed show for everyone. First, I would like to thank all the bands for sending in the MP3s for consideration to be on the Madhouse. Currently, we are receiving about 100 the 150 submissions a day and we're going through them as fast as we can and you know what if you can bear with us we really appreciate it because you know what we're listening to each and every one going through making sure which one's the best to get you on the show uh, I'm pretty stoked about adding the up-and-coming band segment to the Madhouse I've always supported the local music scene and I'm happy to be able to get the bands out there in front of a worldwide audience. I also want to thank all those who signed up for, as our monthly patrons for the show. As everyone can see, we are now on Tuesdays and Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. You know, we're able to add the second show solely because of our patrons. Our goal for the Madhouse is to be on five days a week. So if you would like to get us some help, be a part of the show, be a part of helping it get where it needs going five days a week, you know, you can sign up for the monthly Patreon for $5 today and you can look at the link in the description box. You can visit the show notes if you're gonna you're looking for the link on our regular Harley Liberty or not actually Harley Liberty but uh, HarleyBikerNews.com. With that, let's get into the first segment. All of us bikers have been bombarded by the news that Harley Davidson has been having some pretty extreme issues the last couple of years. The company's sales started slipping in 2016. I would argue it started going, you know, back farther like 2008. You know, basically when the Great Recession started taking a toll on everyone and every significant business out there in America. But let's, let's remain at 2016, for example, and that's used by Motley Fool. In the last few days, a debate has been raging in the biker community about Harley-Davidson announcing it would have to shift some of its production overseas to Europe. This is because the tariffs that the EU or European Union is being, you know, placing against it. If the Thailand plant was a kick in the nuts to the American workers and to the workers of Kansas City, the news Harley was attempting this stunt 
represents a knockout punch to a lot of those who have remained steadfast between, you know, behind Harley Davidson for most of their adult lives. The closing of the Kansas City plant, all those jobs are not all going to York. Sadly, this is not at all the case. It's being reported only 150 to 200 of those jobs are going to the York plant. The rest are being shipped over to Thailand, and that's according to USA Today. Many will say in order for Harley-Davidson to complete globally, they have to maintain some of its manufacturers in strategic countries to keep up with supply and demand. Here's the problem with that argument from my standpoint. Harley-Davidson has about a 50% market share in the big bike market. It's what they are and that's what they're well known for. In fact, many people will shoot that number out like it's a determination of a company's health. What most will not say is the big bike market is merely that. Just one portion of the motorcycle market. They mean, you know what, they may be doing great in that matter. Example, the 750 to 1000 cc market, this market segment after all makes up the largest segment of motorcycle purchases worldwide. This is one of the reasons Harley Davidson finally came out with its smaller 550 and 750cc models. Even the company knew they had to get into that market segment to be viable. So yes, Harley-Davidson does own 50% of the big bike market, but it's not 50% overall. In my own opinion, it was a clever move on Harley-Davidson's part. The problem was Harley-Davidson came to the party late. One of the biggest issues Harley has been, you know what, consistently stuck with is outdated lines of motorcycles. Year after year, it would push the same lines. Sure, it would improve something here and there, but in the end, it was the same look and feel as the model of the year before. This doomed Harley-Davidson to what it's considered today. The old man's motorcycle, among the generation that Harley needed to bring into the lifestyle. Foreign manufacturers like Yamaha, Honda, and Suzuki have captured that market. Before I go on, what the hell is Harley thinking trying to push off this new electric motorcycle? Sure. I appreciate the ideal of the cost savings an electric motorcycle can provide someone, but the Harley-Davidson Livewire only has a range of 50 miles. What the fuck are they thinking even trying to introduce that to the market? You can go out and purchase a Zero and go more than 250 miles. My advice? Put the Livewire back on the shelf until you can get the range worked out. Let's fast forward to the other day. President Trump tweeted out that Harley-Davidson will be taxed like never before. I agree with the president. Harley-Davidson 
has enjoyed loyalty most brands could only dream of. Instead of returning that loyalty, Harley-Davidson stuck it to everyone with their subpar motorcycle and extreme prices. If you're a Harley loyalist, take an objective look over the past few years. Has Harley-Davidson been more concerned about you, the customer, or has it been more concerned about its shareholders? It's a legit question. For all the talk of having to survive in the global economy, has Harley-Davidson sacrificed who they are as a company? Let's be honest. Harley-Davidson was a draw because the product was American-made and defined what Americana was supposed to be about. Freedom and a no-nonsense attitude to call something out when it wasn't right. Basically, those two qualities define bikers, but they also define what it is to be American. In my opinion, Harley-Davidson lost those two qualities long ago. Since the 1990s, Harley has done nothing, nothing, but place the bottom line and interest of the shareholders first. Let the customer service slip off terribly. It didn't care about putting out a product line that would stay ahead of the competition and it relied on past loyalties to carry it forward into the future. That kind of plan has now backfired and put the company into a terrible, terrible position. Harley has no choice now but to abandon what so many loyalists liked about the company. The truth of the matter, it lacked foresight from you know what, it really did, it really lacked foresight. And the company has landed itself into a position of trying to go overseas and sell an image. They will use, <laughs> wow, you know what, it is, it's like deja vu. They're gonna use the old marketing gimmick they used here in the States. Freedom and rebellion, of course. That gets old, especially when you know it was built on the backs of hardworking, blue-collar American workers that you now abandoned. But that's what a company like Harley does. They feed off of those who supported it and stayed loyal to it all these years. Well, until it was time to discard them to decide for the benefits of the shareholders. That's Harley-Davidson. But that's what's going to be its strategy going overseas, and I can bet you that. Everyone needs to face the fact Harley-Davidson is an American company in name only. It's joined a long list of all the American company sellouts. From auto manufacturers to textile companies, it's all about the lower wage costs now. It's not about made in America like it used to be. It's not about the blue-collar worker. It's all about Wall Street. Face it, Harley-Davidson sold us out. When I say they sold us out, I mean not only bikers, but they sold out the steel workers in Pennsylvania, Chicago, New York, and all over the country. There used to be a time 
where Made in America was the rallying cry. That rallying cry has now been taken over by the almighty dollar and companies being loyal to their shareholders instead of those who built its brand. And that begs the question, why in the hell are we still being loyal to these companies? Is it out of mere habit or is it out of some fantasy that these companies really give a damn about us? I seen a meme the other day on Facebook and it said, Harley Davidson, because no one would get a Honda tattoo. In my opinion, that really does speak volumes of how a company successfully pulled one over on its company's base. For someone to have that much loyalty a brand, to get a tattoo on their body is really something else. And I'm not bashing those who have it, but problem with that is it's only a one-way relationship. If Harley Davidson was truly an American company, it would stand with it. Right out the storm, and do what Americans used to do before they all became PC. We used to fight and we were the best for standing up for what was best for our country's interest. Harley does not care for principles anymore. Shit, even Indian has came out and said a couple days ago, it will be moving some of its productions overseas to its Poland plant to get around the tariffs. Now, two so-called American manufacturers are thrown in the towel, even before the fight has begun. Everyone want to know why there is such a great divide in this country? It's because many have forgot what it is to be an American. How it is to stand arm to arm together and take on challenges thrown at us. Now we live in a society when stuff gets tough, we all run to Uncle Sam for help. Where was Harley Davidson when NAFTA destroyed the steel industry? After all, they got the biggest handout in the 1980s when, you know what, they were in a big shit pot and it was the blue collar workers who stood by them. Funny. How the almighty dollar works, don't it? Loyalty means nothing when it comes to making that green. For those who will ask if I ride a Harley Davidson, because no one who does would ever think of talking in this kind of rhetoric when it comes to Harley Davidson. And the answer is yes, I ride an old one fat boy. I've also owned dozens of Harleys over the years. Thing is, I'm no sheep. I don't buy the one-way streak that Harley's pushing. If I'm going to be loyal to anything, then it better be a two-way streak. As far as where I stand, I stand with the steel industry, the aluminum, and the tariffs. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Harley-Davidson. They made their own bed over the years, and they are going to have to fix the mess on their own without me or the blue-collar workers that they screwed over. Many people are thinking that way now. And hey, maybe they should focus more on their clothing line since, you know what, that's the only thing that the dealership 
seems to push when you walk in one of them. But that's my two cents. We're going to take a 20 second break and we will be right back with the happenings and some of the news that's going on right now. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of Motorcycle Madhouse and the Biker Angle over on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HarleyLiberty.com. Or come on over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel for the Biker Angle, hosted by myself. Hollywood Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machikari. Yep, yep. Good to yep. go. So, looks like Peter, the pedophile Fonda, as I've been calling him, has had his movie flop hardcore. Deserves it, the piece of crap. The Pacific Pundit writes, Peter Fonda, who tweeted that he wanted to put Baron Trump in a cage with pedophiles has not been disciplined at all. Obviously, there's a different treatment for Peter Fonda because he's a left-wing extremist socialist Democrat than there is with Roseanne Barr. Instead, with Sony's no action against Fonda, the people are punishing Sony and Fonda with their pocketbooks. So far, since the movie's release last week, the movie is a major flop at the box office. And I couldn't be happier. After it made headlines in Hollywood for the wrong reasons, Sony Pictures Classics Boundaries is off to a tepid start, to say the least, at the indie box office. As it opened on five screens this weekend, Directed by Shanna Faced and starring Vera Farmgetta or whatever and Christopher Plummer. The film has made only $30,000 for a screen average of only $6,000. This past week, Peter Fonda, who has a minor role in the film, posted an angry tweet rant aimed at President Trump and his wife, as well as a 10-year-old kid. Melania and Barron, that was a knee-jerk response to a White House family separation policy towards undocumented migrants and asylum seekers. That's what uh, Fonda tried to come out with as excuse. Fonda's role in boundaries is alike his IQ, very limited. Trump Jr.'s tweet and subsequent furor from conservatives prompted a statement from Sony Pictures Classics saying they condemned Fonda's remarks as abhorrent, reckless, and dangerous, but adding that removing his small role from the film days before its release would unfairly penalize the filmmaker's accomplishments. The many actors, crew members, and other creative talent that worked hard on the project. Really? That's the excuse that they give. I encourage all our listeners to download episode 32, if you haven't done so already. In that episode, we are 
dedicated to bashing this asshole. And we just love pounding on the idiot. Remember everyone, here's a dude who has made his whole existence playing a biker on screen. Thing is, he's nothing more than a piece of shit commie like his sister. Both are pile of human waste. In other news, looks like Kurt Sutter's Mayans MC got its release. The 10 episode series tells the story of Ezekiel Easy Rays and it's played by J.D. Pardo as he navigates the world of the Mayans MC Motorcycle Club as well as life out of prison. Easy also has to deal with his father set to be played by uh, Edward James Olmos. Now that guy is one of my favorite actors. Overseen by Cuban showrunner Norberta Barbara. Mayans MC also stars uh, Rivera, uh, Clayton Cardenas, Carla Barada, and Danny uh, Pino. It's pretty crazy that it's taken over two years for this show to come to fruition, but it's finally here. It's interesting to see how Mayans MC plays in the current times, particularly considering FX is a subsidiary of Fox. It's self-mired in controversy due, due to its association with, you know, Fox News. Could a series star and run by a Latino do something to challenge the stereotypes? We'll see, the article goes on to say. But it premieres September 4th at 10 o'clock on FX. And just remember, everyone, it's a damn show and not a reality whatsoever. Don't have to run out there with your friends trying to start a club to be a biker. These shows in no way represent what the club scene is really about. It's make-believe and it's intended for entertainment purposes, not to be a documentary. And that's another thing. Before going any further, I know a lot of people out there are asking questions about this and that when it comes to the biker scene. Insane Throttle Biker News no longer covers club stuff other than the history angle of it. We usually refer people over to IOTC for that kind of stuff. The reason we got out of it is because the drama is worse than any year as a senior in high school. You don't have to be a club to be a biker. You just have to be yourself and enjoy the win and ride the hell out of your motorcycle. I'm an independent for that very reason. Protocol this, protocol that. Hey, if that's your thing, where you want to go be regimentated, then by all means go for it. But just remember, when it comes to protocol, there's a hundred different ways and a hundred different clubs that see it differently. And they apply those protocols differently. All clubs don't follow the same stuff. Actually, being with Insane Throttle, I get to talk and hear from some of the biggest ones. Most of the time, these guys actually laugh at some of the things that are being put out there. For example, the last couple of weeks, 
the emails about this 99 percenter clubs have been flowing in. Why? I have no idea. But focusing on the history, and I repeat history, of the 99 percenter, there are some pretty tough clubs out there that sport that patch. Researching it, when it was first used, I only had to look in the backyard. It was 1963 when it was first used by a club that I know. And like I said, this is just fast research. Now, I didn't go all balls like I said. But what I found was the DC Eagles MC, started by DC Danny in Chicago, came up with the 99% no fucking good patch or 99% NFG. They wear the diamond 99% patch up to this day. And that club is no joke. They're all some hard, you know what, they're hardcore hitting guys who are out throughout the Midwest. So again, after we complete our 50s era of the motorcycle history, we will get into the 60s and some of the clubs that, you know what, made up those errors. But yes... To answer a lot of questions out there, there are a lot of clubs that use Diamond 99%. And no, they're not all law enforcement clubs. But not taking up any more time with, you know, Geek the Greeks news time. Let's take a 10 second break and we will be back in a flash with another adventure of Butterball. Seems like Butterball had to call in attorneys for help. Because he wrecked his motorcycle into a bunch of people and is all upset and don't know what to do. Not only have we learned over the few episodes with Butterball that we've had him on that he has a hard time getting it up, but he also gets robbed by transvestites. Now, he gets himself into this mess. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of The Biker Angle over on Insane Throttle's YouTube channel. Come on over and check out the new YouTube channel and its flagship program, The Biker Angle. The Biker Angle takes on the tough issues no one else will, so come on, join in the crazy conversation and put your two cents in. So put that damn beer down and join The Throttle's newest hit show, The Biker Angle. Shit, get the prospect over there and do it for you so you can get subscribed to the best biker channel on YouTube. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machi Curry. Yep, yep. Good to yep. go. Let's get nasty. I wanted to know if I could speak a bit on an accident that I've had. Yeah, when? Uh, about two weeks ago. What type of accident? It was a motorbike. Who was on the bike? You? Well, just me, right. What happened? It, well, I had a sidecar on it. You know those things? Right. And I was speeding all over my neighborhood. Right. Up and down and speeding all over. Right. And I was drinking and I lost control of the bike. Right. And I was skidded off and slammed a curb in a pole and into some people. Right. 
And, uh, yeah, well, you know, nobody's hurt extremely bad, but a few breaks and things. So what are you looking to do? I, I want to look for some consultation what I should do here. For what? Because they probably have lawsuits against me. I would expect so, yeah. Right, right. I had to give my insurance papers, and I didn't have a license. Did you have insurance? Yeah, but it was through a friend. But will you, will you be covered? I don't know. Well, that the, the insurance company will appoint a lawyer for you if you get sued. But when you get sued, you may be hiding on what your policy is. When you get sued above your policy, if you have a policy, then you're going to have to contact a lawyer. Right. I don't handle cases like that. Right. But th is it possible in any way then to sue you people? Sue who? You. I'm asking you for help. Sue who? Me? Yes. Why do you want to sue me? Well, I'm trying to explain. I had a terrible accident. What's that got to do with me? Well, I'm asking you for help, and uh, maybe I could sue for punitive damages that you're giving me. I'm giving you? Yes. Me? Yes. What I do to you? Well, punitive damages here. I, you, I'm a lawyer. What did I do to you? The sidecar smashed into a pole and everything. I'm trying to explain this to you. Well, you want to sue me? Well, why not? Me? Sue everybody. Sir, I can't help you. Hello? Yes? The people that you work with and handle, I probably will sue them, too, because I'm not getting... Who do I handle? Who do I... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I had a terrible accident, sir. Yo, and who are my clients? I'm sorry. I just... I'm all upset about this. I'm sorry. You can't help me, then? No. I'm sorry. Okay. Up and comers of the music scene, let's get this show rocking for the next segment.
with their song, The Outside Looking In. They're a hell of a band, let me tell you. If you'd like to get on the up-and-comers segment of the Madhouse, all you have to do is email me an MP3 of the song that you'd like uh, us to hear and mail it to james at insanethrottlebikernews.com. So, this episode, I'm actually doing a YouTube video at the same time. A lot of people were interested in how an episode of Motorcycle Madhouse was done, so I decided to do a video of the show so everyone can see the behind-the-scenes stuff that we do. Talking about YouTube, Insane Throttle has got a new one up, and we'll be getting it repopulated soon. So everyone out there asking for videos, I'm working on it. Doing the Madhouse twice a week, now takes a bunch of my time up, but no worries, I'll be banging out the new channel soon. This segment, I'm going to be bringing on New York, and New York is actually the owner of Validus t-shirts and apparel and sponsor of Motorcycle Madhouse. We're going to be talking a little bit about this new Mayans MC show coming out since it finally got a release date. In my opinion, I think about, you know, I really do think those of us who do what we do to get out there and get ahead of this thing is really important. We need to make sure people understand that this is a show and not how bikers or club members really are. So, let's get to the interview with New York. And in my comment section of YouTube and the show notes over at HarleyBikerNews.com, let me know your thoughts on this whole new Mayans uh, MC, this Sons of Anarchy spinoff thing's going to go. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machi Kari. Yep, yep, good to yep. go. And welcome back. We are joined by New York, my man. How is it out there in New York? Oh, man, it's hot. I'm sweating my balls off today. How you doing over there? Man, it was like 115 fucking degrees out here with the humidity, man. It was fucking killing me out there. Yeah, yesterday, uh, we call it, uh, it was like, it felt like a 
I don't know, I think it was about 95 and 96, but with the humidity and everything, we had the air conditions cranked up, and I even made my wife uh, a nice fresh uh, glass of uh, lemonade after she got done mowing the lawn. I was watching her from inside, and I felt bad, so I uh, I made her some lemonade, and uh, it was really hot. But I'm joking. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> well, let's get into it, man. Let's talk a little bit about the, the Mayans MC supposedly coming out in September from uh, Kurt Sutter. And uh, let's get your thoughts on that real quick. Um, I've been, you know, not for nothing. A lot of people have been complaining about the show. And I've watched, I've watched it and everything like that. It's overly exaggerated. It does paint, I would say, um, uh, bikers in a negative light. But then again, I want to know what TV show doesn't exaggerate uh, the way things are. I mean, if, if they were to air everything the way it really was, how many people would really sit down and watch it? You know, right. would they really want to be interested in watching a TV series where there's a group of guys sitting around and talking about what charity run they want to do? If they should do a toy for tots or if they decide on if they want to, uh, they, they, that the club needs money and that maybe they should get a couple of short people and midgets for a, a bouncy house with baby oil. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean so to make, to, to make a show, it makes it more interesting to exaggerate it. Just like, you know, people complained about Sopranos. It's stereotyped, uh, you, you know, you give me a nationality that's been more stereotyped in movies than Italians with mob movies. You know, you had another TV show, The Shield. It showed how fucking, how crooked cops could be. Uh, you know, and, you know, some of it was right on. I'm sure a lot of it was exaggerated, too. But, you know, The Sons of Anarchy, why should that be any different? I mean, why, why, why would anybody think that that subject or that genre or that lifestyle would be exempt? Half your bikers out there became bikers after seeing the wild ones, for, for, God, for, God, for God's sake. Look how many righteous dudes got bit by the bug from that movie. Well, exactly. The only thing is I see with Son of the Anarchy compared to the wild ones is all the killings that took place in Son of the Anarchy. And you know what? We have to get out there ahead of uh, especially the Mayans energy and let people know, hey, this is just entertainment, man. This ain't the way, you know, real bikers are. I know me and you ain't out there killing everybody. No, and the, I want to know how many people really think that those people who were sitting down watching it already are being persuaded to think uh, differently about motorcycle clubs. The line's already been almost set. I mean, I hate to say that, but it already has. The people who already have a bad taste in their mouth, with uh, motorcycle clubs, whether it be outlaw or whatever, they just see a, they don't know the difference between a hog uh, chapter and uh, a Honda chapter and a Hell's Angel or an outlaw club or something like that. They don't know the difference, and they already got their uh, their um, their viewpoint on their, their opinion about the, those type of people, those type of people. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think the Sons of Anarchy is going to solidify it or break in it any less. So just look at show, it shows like. Uh, you know, the crooked cops on the show. Anybody who is uh, in love with uh, law enforcement for whatever reason, they see that show after seeing that, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't know cops really do that. I hate cops now. So, you know, it sounds ridiculous on both ends of the fence. And you talk, you know, people talk about the clubs popping up all over the place. That's a valid point. There's a lot of people coming out 
who've seen these shows and they start throwing a patch on, and they do. They're the ones who are, who cause more problems because they don't follow certain protocol and they bring unnecessary heat. But how many clubs have been in the game for umpteen years since the 40s who are bringing in the heat? Right, right. Well, I think, well, you know what, you make a lot of valid points there, but like I said, anybody listening to the show or watching on YouTube right now has to remember that this is just a show. This is nothing what bikers are about. I don't even, you know what, for all the time that I was around the club scene, I never seen any of the stuff that was portrayed in that show in real life. You know, not you know, when I was a Black Piston or any of that, was I asked to do anything illegal. Nothing. So what? If you were caught doing something illegal, you're kicked out of the freaking club. So, you know, that's important for, you know, the listenership and the viewership to understand is this is just a show. Yes. But more importantly, a lot of the 1%, a lot of 1%, and I won't say the club that did it, there's no, there's no sense in it. But there was a TV show where there was certified, certified, you know, outlaw motorcycle club members, not, not, not the outlaw motorcycle club, that club, but it was a one percent club based in uh, Florida, I believe. And they, uh, they did a documentary, documentary on the, on their life or whatever. But they exaggerated it, and everybody knew they exaggerated it. But the way it was, uh, the way it was set up, it almost looked like a reality show. And you get somebody who's just tuning in who don't know no better. And they were watching that show where, I mean, it's real people's cuts. It's in, no, inside the real clubhouse. They're giving real interviews with real club members. But they're, uh, they're, they're putting them in uh, different scenarios. If anything, I you know, that, that could have labeled way more, I think, than uh, Sons of Anarchy could have because you know you're watching a TV series. But when you, when you put on one of these discover, uh, discovery uh, channels or something like that, People are automatically assuming it's true, just like the mainstream media. A lot of these people sit down in front of the TV, and they really have no clue that they're reading, that the people talking to you are reading from a script. Right, right. Well, you know what? Where this actually came to life was in Wisconsin, where these small-town sheriffs really looked at that show as uh, what bikers really like. And it got, uh, I think it was the Iron Breed. i got to look at it up. Uh, they went to a town hall meeting, were denied permits, because next thing you know, it was, you know, SOA uh, freaking uh, mania up there during that uh, hearing, and they were using that as an excuse to deny him a permit. So, you know, <laughs> that's pretty, you're right, you know, when people watch TV, they got to understand it's fantasy. Yes, but let me ask you this, though. Let's say, as, let's, play, let's play pretend for a minute. If SOA never existed, that TV show, don't you really, honestly, in your heart of hearts, believe that those sheriffs would have found a different reason? Well, they've been doing that since shit, Hollister, man. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm saying. So if it wasn't that, it would have been a noise ordinance. It, they, you know, it would, it would have, they, they would have picked something. It was just that that was convenient, and that was the first thing that uh, they grabbed onto. The only thing that I see a real hardcore valid point. Like, I live in a small town. Well, they call it a city. To me, it's a town. I live upstate New York now. I'm originally from Brooklyn. But I live upstate. And in this small town, I think they got three or four uh, clubs out here, uh, 99% clubs. And, you know, the, and it seems like every other day 
you see a different patch to where you become, you know, uh, numb to it. You don't even bother looking anymore where you see, uh, uh, you know, somebody riding by with patches. It's so normal here. And I do believe to a certain extent, not that these particular clubs around here, but a lot of clubs did pop up after watching that show and they wanted to feel like they belonged to something. And I think that a lot of them, uh, were, were, uh, fucking shit up. And I think that's a valid argument. But I believe in the same token, it's also brought to light some maybe some righteous dudes who step forward and decide to get involved. And maybe, you know, they went into different well-known clubs, whether they're 99% or 1% clubs. So, you know, it was a give and take thing. But to say that that, that show in particular is the, the one of the main reasons why the biker community is taking a back step, I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time accepting that. I, I, when I hear that, I just, I don't buy it. I mean, you would have to pinpoint every TV show and brand everything with it. With any TV show, you could, you could find somebody, uh, profiling or something like that. So I don't see where Sons of Anarchy in particular is really hurting the biker community. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I mean, I think it's funny when I see somebody wearing three, a uh, three piece, uh, cut. You know, a vest and they're all SO8'd out, but somebody wearing that, you know, they're no tread already. Just by what they're wearing, you know <laughs> that they don't know no better. So why even approach them? They're not, they're, they're, I mean, I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I look at them and I feel bad. You right. know what I'm saying? So, that's just me personally. I mean, and, and here, I, I wrote, I'm writing, I wrote a series that I guess you could almost compare it to, but it's not, not really. It's a little bit different. But, you know, I see people, I would never put out gear. For something like that. I wrote it because I wanted something interesting to write about and it gives somebody a quick read while they're taking a shit or something like that. Nothing else involved in it. I just did it because I find it interesting. And I grew up around, you know, uh, people who were in, uh, that type of, um, in that type of scene and stuff like that. But when I see people wearing an SOA thing to sit there and give them a lecture on why they shouldn't wear it, yeah, you can, but in the same token, they're no threat to you. I mean, they, you already know they don't have a fucking clue just by what they're wearing. Well, that I agree with, you know, everybody going out there freaking out and stuff like that. But I think the combination of the show and the Internet, you know, especially social media, is what really got, the, you know, the biker lifestyle or the club lifestyle going backwards because that social media is something else, man. It really is. You get people out there that don't know their head from their ass. <laughs> you want to know what's hurting people more? They want to get something to jump on. Instead of worrying about what's on TV, there's a couple of Facebook uh, pages. of They got these motorcycles. I thought it was a joke at first. But they're actually selling club memberships on, on Facebook. So you pay nine ninety nine. And you become, and if you're the first one in the area, you become a president. And then you could order, and then you got access to their gear, and they mock it up. And they're doing it as a business. So now you got these guys riding around with patches. Some of them are actually in diamonds, and they're selling things over the Internet. Those are the guys who do that that are going to destroy the biker community before Sons of Anarchy. Right, right. Well, you know, you got damn. I didn't even know that one. I'm, oh man, I, 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 when when I when, when I I put up a thing in there, I was like, wait a minute. I said, am I? Because sometimes I'll read something and I have a way. I do it myself. I'll text something and then somebody will give me a response. I'm like, whoa, where the fuck that come from? And then I'll reread what I wrote and I'm like, oh shit, no wonder why they said it like that. 
And so I, I thought maybe I was reading it wrong. So I, I, I said, let me get this straight. I was like, you're selling memberships over fucking Facebook and popping up clubs and pushing out your gear? Because I was pissed about that because I have a clothing, a clothing business. And right. I turned away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. People were going to pay me up front, but because they couldn't prove that they had the okay, because this was a bit for a big club, but because they couldn't prove that they had the okay, I, I walked away from it. I walked away from over $8,000 because they couldn't verify that they had the okay. And for somebody to go and do that and just say, okay, well, I'm going to make my own club up and I'm going to push these things. You have no idea who, you, who you're sending it to. Now, let me ask you this. Now, say somebody gets busted. They're riding down the highway. They got, I don't know, fucking four, four keys of coke in their bike. In their right. saddle. And they're wearing one of those patches. Are they going to hit them with Rico? And you have no idea who you're sending them to. Right. Where does, right. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? So I don't think they understand how dangerous they are. When I asked them that question, are they? I didn't say anything about that. But I said, are you really selling membership through patches to get them to buy your gear? What do you think they did? They blocked me from the group. Exactly. Well, you know what? These people on Facebook got to understand. There's a big difference between a motorcycle club and a riding club. Now, if you want to be a part of the riding club where, you know what, it's none of that political stuff and you just want to go out and have fun, you know, maybe wear a one-piece or my recommendation would be shirt only, but they really got to understand. Like you said, you can't be selling patches off the Internet, man. That gets people hurt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not only that, even with law enforcement, you don't just have to worry about another biker. You, you another, you know, a, a Leo sees you with that. You're going to get treated as if you're in an outlaw club. And let me tell you something: when nobody's around and the cameras are off, and uh, 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 nine times out of ten, if a Leo knows that there's no way of him being recorded, and you're, uh, you know, on a deserted road somewhere. What do you? How, how do you think you're going to be treated? Is you think when he cuffs you, he's going to say those cuffs too tight? Uh, you know, you know how you're feeling, or you think that maybe you might get your head slammed against the fucking hood of the car a couple of times, smacked around for coming into a city and thinking that he could you could create a bad image? No, they're going to make an example out of you, so you go tell all your buddies this is what you get when you come over here. Right, right. <laughs> you you know what? You hit that shit that on right there. You know, a lot of these. Uh, Newbies or new jacks, as I call it, you know, just run out there and think everything's hucky dory, and uh, like you said, next thing you know, their head slammed against the concrete or uh, foot of a car. I've had that happen a million times. Listen, I come from an old school thing. I mean, you even see uh, guys who are in the Navy SEALs who are stepping forward and coming out with books. They're coming out with videos and stuff like that, and they're getting shunned in their communities for doing it. Listen, everybody knows, no matter what, whether you're doing good or bad, it doesn't matter. The best thing said is nothing at all. So if you're going to sit there and talk about it at all on any level, you can't get mad when somebody does it in a different way or they express themselves about the lifestyle in a way that you don't agree with. You already opened up that door. You already right. stepped through it. So unless you're one of those people who uh, who don't talk about it at all and don't ever, you know, post anything about it, they stay out of it, really then you can't throw stones. Because everybody, whether you're giving an interview, how, let's go back on, how far can we go back on uh, old interviews? I've watched them all the time on YouTube. You know, you see uh, bikers giving interviews in the 40s and the 50s. Right. You, you know, so so don't don't talk at all to don't talk at all to them. Don't give documentary. Don't do any documentaries. 
Don't talk about nothing. Don't even put it on the news because then we could even sit here and argue and say that any biker news radios is hurting the community because when you when you post um, anything that happens where a biker gets in trouble, you're helping spread the news of bad things. You should only report good things so they see the good things. No, that's not that, – listen. That SOA is fucking entertainment. What's happening on Facebook where guys are selling real patches and people are going out and getting in trouble and doing stupid shit like that, having no clue, and they're, they're rocking a $9 fucking uh, patch on their back, those are the guys who are creating damage, not the fucking, not the Sons of Anarchy fans. I mean, come on. Right. Well, you know what? you got a great point there, especially with these Facebook groups where they get together, start talking about club stuff, you know, you got them listening, uh, you know, you don't know who's in the damn, you know, Facebook uh, group in the first place, or you got guys out in bad giving advice, or, you know, it, it gets pretty tricky out there, man, especially when uh, these guys in these Facebook groups don't understand getting on the streets a whole lot different, man. Listen, you even got guys now, they're rocking to have imp- in- independent for a top rocker, and then it'll say the state that they're from on the bottom rocker. Well, what do? Why do it? Right. And then they sit, and then people will sit there, and then they'll not, they'll knock guys that they're in, they're in a, they're in a club because they like the patches. Well, I, you know, I, while you're sitting there preaching that to me, I'm looking at you, and not you in particular. When you're sitting there preaching that, and then I fucking see you, you know, you why are you look trying to look, why are you trying to look the part then? Exactly. I, I'm, a, I'm an independent guy. If I'm going to wear a patch, it might be maybe support support something or maybe in a memory piece of a dear friend I lost or something like that. Or maybe I want to endorse my business and maybe put it on my sleeve or something. I wear I wear a shirt when I go riding or I wear a hoodie. As far as me wearing the cuts and all that, I I don't see a need to and because it's not my style and I, I don't like it as far as how old the patches are. If you're not involved in something, you shouldn't be looking, you shouldn't be looking to play the part. And that's what the problem is. There's too many people, even before the Sons of Anarchy, they go buy themselves a denim jacket or a leather thing and they order all the cool shit that they could find for patches and they sew it on. You know, right. and so we can sit here and nitpick all we want. There's going to be assholes and naive people in every friggin' group, whether it's, uh, uh, even I deal with that in the gym. People not, you know, they don't know what the etiquette is. Right, uh, right. Going into a gym, you could compare that in anything. Not re-racking your weights and not spraying down the machines when you're done. And th- you can find bullshit with anything. But the, as far as people going nuts and actually taking the time out to sit there and to give a 40-minute, 50-minute complaint how uh, Sons of Anarchy is destroying the, um, destroying the biker community. And how, you know, with the Mayans, it's like, oh, my God, the Mayans are coming back on now. How many more clubs is this going to pop up? Unfortunately, with that, you got a valid argument. This is probably going to generate more wannabes and more rubs and more cuts. And who knows? Maybe we'll get to sit back and watch some rubs fight. You know, you have the fake Mayans and the fake Sons of Anarchy going at it. You know, with uh, who's got the better gear? Who the fuck knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there might be some there might be some entertainment uh, entertainment with that, but listen, that these people are gonna pop up no matter what, and they ain't no threat to the biker community. They're fucking clowns, right? Well, you know what? That's one thing since going independent, man. I can never understand, you know, and this is just me personally, why independents, like you said, would want to run around with patches and all that shit, man. Me, I don't like. Denim vest or leather vest are too fucking hot. But, uh, you know, I'm a t-shirt guy. That's just the way I've always been. So going yeah. out, like you said, uh, 
top rocker that's independent in a bottom rocker location, that's just fucking ass night, man. That's just you're my be- thing, you know? You're, you're begging for trouble. You're begging for it. Not only from the other bikers that you're going to deal with on the road, you, now you're going to deal with the law enforcement. You're going to get pulled over. You're going to get harassed. You're going to get all all the negative bullshit that comes with being in the club, only guess what? You don't got a brother riding beside you who's going to die with you if he needs to. So you're taking on all the bullshit for no reason whatsoever. Just because you want the, you maybe you want some chick at the red light to get a little wet. Shit, all you need is a Harley or an Indian for that or any of, anybody to get a chick. You don't Listen, need a that, 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 Exactly. And that's another thing, you know, with, uh, I see, I see a lot, so many fights. I'm not, I go on these, these Facebook pages and I get blocked and banned more from the biker groups than any other group. Any other groups, that's another thing that people are fighting over. The Harley, I put a shirt up on, in a, in a, a Dyna-specific group because Dyna's, I, I happen to like the old FXRs, and I like the Dyna's. Okay. So I, I had a shirt that was similar. It wasn't identical to the Harley uh, the Harley logo, but I, it says on it, sold us out. I put that on there, and everybody and their mothers attacked me. Calling me a piece of shit. I'm a, uh, I'm this. I'm the true sellout. I don't support American made and this and well, that. And, you know, I didn't even bother. I mean, I could sit here until the cows go home and go down a whole list on how we've been sold out for years by that motorcycle company. But this is, it ain't even worth it. I pick and choose my battles. As far as like, what, I don't give a fuck what you ride. I care about how you carry yourself. Right. Well, you know what's funny, man? There's an article coming out this afternoon where Harley Davidson actually admitted in this article that it uses uses foreign uh, suppliers. It is, you know, because they try to use American ones whenever they can, but they go to the foreign companies for their parts. So what you've got is basically only assembled in America. It's not made in America, man. It's not an all-American company like they try to push. Listen, everything is about the way you word it. I mean, it could go for, it, it, it could go with any type of advertisement. It's just like when people buy these supplements for their, uh, you know, to get fit and everything, and they don't understand that they're reading these fucking, uh, it looks like an article that comes from a lab. They don't understand they paid a scientist or whatever top dollar to do a review on it, and of course he's going to be biased with it, but as long as he puts some of the facts and leaves out some of the negative, he's, he's not misinforming you. He's just telling you what he likes about it. Same thing with motorcycles. Of course they're going to promote, you know, American-made. They ain't going to sit there and, say, and give a list of all the parts that are American-made or assembled and this and that, because then they know nobody that that's the brand that they stand behind. Nobody will buy it. Every bike, I don't give a fuck what bike it is, it comes from all over the fucking place. All over. Unless you're going to build your bike from scratch and order it, uh, you know, in a catalog and assemble it and make what you can and you know specifically where it's made and handcrafted, nothing's American-made as far as motorcycles go, as, as I'm concerned, If unless you're going to build it personally. Right. Well, you know what? I'm, uh, you know, I love my fat boy. I love fat boys, but this is the last one I'll get. You know what? I'm actually, you know what? I really like the Suzuki Boulevards and some of the other foreign ones because them freaking bikes, man, they go. Oh, yeah, they do. I'll tell you what's an ugly bike, but as far as performance goes, in my opinion, is one of the best is the uh, the Yamaha the, the Yamaha uh, VMAX. They right. are, in my opinion, they are an ugly son of a bitch, but if you're basing a bike just on performance, that's one of the best bikes. You, that's the best bang for your buck that you could get, especially if they're pre-like 95. 
those bikes are, are workhorses, but to look at them, they don't, you know, they're not very appealing. Well, I like the midnight Those midnight stars and mean streets, man, those are some badass bikes right there. Yeah, they are. And hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that someday a lot of these clubs, they uh, start to realize, you know, their uh, their loyalty for a brand. You know, does I, I don't I, I, that's for anybody, not even clubs. Why what the fuck you want? Who cares about the uh the the companies don't give two shits about you, why should you give it as long as you enjoy the bike and it's reliable and you it's done good by you, then go for it. I don't give a fuck when anybody rides. I mean the only thing that should be if you're in a club I think should be a main issue is the size of your bike so you can keep up with the pack. That's yeah. other than that, I, I, I personally can't see why it should even fucking matter what kind of uh what kind of bike you're riding. And you know what? I think that old way of thinking is finally uh, dying out. You know, as the older guys uh, get out of the sport or, or out of motorcycling, you know, that type of attitude was the old days. And now the younger generation finally see it as, you know, who gives a shit what the hell you're riding? I don't know why Harley Davidson let uh, Greg Buell go. I have no idea. I mean, they he they could have let him, I like, take off with the the crotch rockets or they could have gave him the the V rod because if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the uh the design the engineers of Porsche got in with Harley uh Davidson's engineers and they designed the V rod engine. Why didn't and Porsche at one point was actually looking into making motorcycles. I don't see mm. why they didn't get into bed with each other and try to target the younger crowd. The you know, even if you want to go after the doctors and lawyers' kids that got the money. Why ain't you tackling that fucking industry? The older crowds, I mean, we're dying off. Exactly. Well, you know what? They really screwed up when they got rid of the B-Rod, man. That was the younger generation bike, and they screwed that up. Just like they did the Dyna. cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting rid of the Dyna was the stupidest thing they ever did. I, I don't know what their vision is. Maybe they got something up their sleeve, and I'm not seeing the angle somewhere. But I really believe that, that they, they are really their own worst enemy. They've gotten too cocky. They're more worried about the shareholders. And I really believe at some point in time, they're going to realize that they fucked up hardcore and they're going to be playing catch up. Because I really believe that Indian, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm hoping Indian does something. I don't know if they'll be accepted, but an American name brand needs to step up on, on the platform and um, get into this uh, cross rocket scene. I know Harley Davidson. I'm going to my first one this uh, July 7th. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's called Leedsport or whatever, New York. It's somewhere around here. But uh, Harley Davidson got the flat flat track races. Oh, those are awesome, man. If you do your first one? It's my first one. I've been to, I watched like, uh, what is it, the ice races where they race on the uh, the ice and shit like that. But this is my first uh, flat track. I've been to a Harley, um, when I went to a Matt Gross uh, seminar in Arizona, I seen the, uh, I've seen the Harley uh, drag races, but uh, this is my first flat track. Oh, man, you're going to love it. Trust me. <laughs> They're awesome, man. They really I'm are. Forward. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, you know what? As the segment comes to an end, man, I think, you know what, the moral of the story is what's on TV is fake. It's just there for entertainment, and it really don't matter what kind of bike you ride. And if you're joining these Facebook groups to get uh, – advice and stuff like that, watch out who you're getting advice from, man. You're better off going on the streets and talking to some real club members. Yep, definitely. So, but uh, I appreciate you coming on, New York, man. It's always awesome hearing you and stuff like that. 
Love, uh, we actually got your commercial coming up, uh, right after this segment. Uh, what new products you got out? Oh, uh, we, we got the, uh, we got some more motivational tees on there. I got a new thing, uh, out, uh, Untamable Hacks. But, and if anybody goes on out of the box clothing and products, if there's something on there that, uh, if you're looking for something in particular and you can't find it or whatever, let us know. Shoot us a message. Maybe we can make some of your ideas come, uh, become a reality. We do custom watches. If you want to get, uh, photographs of somebody or, you know, for the, uh, the holidays, we could do watches and things like that. Whatever you need. Rock on. Well, you guys heard it from New York. Uh, you can go through our main website, HarleyLiberty.com. You'll see his banner there. Or he's over on uh, our Facebook all the time under Rob. And uh, you can. I also play the commercial right after this segment in every uh, episode that Madhouse has. If not, just reach out to uh, James at InsaneThrottleBikerNews.com, and I'll get you hooked up. Thanks, Hollywood. I appreciate everything, and please keep doing what you're doing. We need you out there. Appreciate it, New York, man. You have a good day, and uh, stay cool out there. I appreciate it. Be safe. Thank you for everything. Bye. Bye. Throttle and Valorous Fitness Custom Clothing Line is bringing the motorcycle and fitness culture together. Be heard and stand out in the crowd with our custom apparel and clothing. If we don't have what you're looking for, we'll bring your ideals to life. We're also proud sponsors of Motorcycle Madhouse on Insane Throttle. Check us out on www.outoftheboxclothingandproductsllc.com. We have great feedback and we'll do our best to keep it that way. weird happenings around the world. Somebody left a house in the middle of the road and everyone is baffled. It's not something you can easily abandon, but someone just did leave a whole house in the middle of the road. Police and residents in Dover, the capital of Delaware in the United States, are baffled because a mobile prefabricated home was found abandoned in the middle of the road on Tuesday. So, somebody left the house on Long Point Road. Nope, this is not a joke, wrote the Dover Police Department in its Facebook post, sharing pictures of the house that came with a banner that said, Oversized Load. Police cordoned off the area until the house could be moved and advised drivers to find alternate routes of commute. The post has been shared 11,000 times on Facebook and has collected over a thousand astonished comments. I'll volunteer to have that house for free, joked one commentator. Poor family, forced to live on the street, but laughed another. In other news, an Alabama woman who suffered months of unexplained medical problems finally has relief and doctors removed a 50-pound ovarian cyst. Kaylin Ron, 38, of Montgomery, said she suffered for months of problems, including pain and weight gain. No shit, 50 pounds. Anyway, and medical professionals told her she'd feel better if she lost weight. I had been trying to lose weight for about a year, but I was gaining weight. 
Ron told WSFA-TV. Ron said her issues got so out of control that people often asked if she was pregnant. I legit looked like I was a solid nine months pregnant. We went to dinner and someone asked me if I was having twins. It was frustrating and rough, she said. At one point in May, her mother took her to the Jackson Hospital Emergency Room in Montgomery, where a series of tests discovered the massive cyst on her ovary. You'd think that the doctors would do those kind of tests. But anyway, I do remember telling my mom and busting out crying that we were going to fix it. I knew something was wrong, Ron said. Dr. Jones, an OBGYN at Jackson Hospital, who was in the operating room, said the tumor, an instance of cystinomia, was benign. He said he was shocked by the size of the growth. This is one of the largest I have ever seen ever. Certainly removed, Jones said. We were very excited things went well for her. The hospital applauded its medical team in a Facebook post. Thank you to all our incredible doctors here at Jackson Hospital for helping this young lady get back on her feet after finding a 50-pound cyst on her ovary. After Dr. Sample made the discovery, two doctors were able to remove the cyst and got Kayla feeling much better. That's the power Jackson, the hospital said. Now that's pretty damn scary. It took a team of doctors all that time to find something that could have been discovered by a simple CT scan or proper medical test. Anyway, if you think the American medical system is bad, Chinese doctors, two surgeries to remove a lighter a patient swallowed 20 years earlier. On April 16th, doctors at a Chinese hospital said it took two surgeries to remove a lighter from the stomach of a man who swallowed it 20 years ago. A video recorded at the hospital in Shanghai province using a camera inserted into the man's body to locate the plastic and metal lighter in his stomach. The man told doctors he accidentally swallowed the lighter 20 years earlier. How the hell you accidentally swallow a damn lighter? But didn't seek a medical attention until recently when he started having stomach aches and bloody stools. Well, you wonder why. You know, you just swallowed a lighter 20 years earlier and you just never got it took care of. Anyway, doctor said an initial attempt to remove the lighter was unsuccessful. But a second surgery lasted only 10 minutes and ended with the device successfully extract. My question, how the hell, again, swallow a damn lighter? <laughs> really? What the hell are people thinking about? Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to New Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. 
the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Sure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Sure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Sure.com/Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E.com/Motive.